0: everybody. Welcome back to the SimGeeks
1: podcast. We are taking a different approach this week with the release of an interview that David was able to gather while at IMSH. So David, why don't you tell us about this?
0: So, uh, you know, every uh, third, fourth, or whatever it works out to be, I wanted to do kind of an interview. Uh, We're going to do two different types of interviews as it stands right now. this one's just kind of an introduction to uh, a gentleman I've been following for a long time. His name is Philip Wortham. He's got a, a crazy, nice, interesting story of where he came from and his path through simulation. And I think it's really important to our, you know, people we mainly have listening to us, which is the simulation technicians and educators, of showing where you can come from And where it can take you if you just, you know, stick with it and and are, uh, you know, willing to do it and have the goals for it. I kind of refer to him as a uh, superhero in simulation tech community because, uh, like I said, he's gone from, well, I will let the interview say that because there's no sense in rehashing what we're about ready to say. So... uh, We're also going to have him probably back, and uh, we've got a few others we're going to have on as subject matter experts, depending on what the topics are. But uh, first, I just want to have this one here that would just kind of interview him and, um, you know, tell you his story a little bit because he's an interesting guy. He's very public, very social. Uh, We'll talk about that on, uh, you know, further episodes. But that's who he is. So, uh, Will, did you have anything else you wanted to bring up?
1: You know, not a whole lot. We did have a listener contact us and ask us to promote an EMS conference, a uh, SIM-ish EMS conference It's going to be occurring in Pennsylvania. Uh, I did a little bit of research on it and actually a really good friend of mine, Greg, is going to be speaking there.
0: I did a little research on it and uh, it's kind of nice. It's uh, I, I wish I could go. I'm actually up for national registry research and I could use the CEUs, but it's uh, it's actually pocket nurse headquarters, April 15th. It's a, uh, it's a one day event. They're going to, it's all EMS centric. There's going to be some simulation there and it's uh, sepsis management, um, you know, team code. Uh, they're building a, uh, bigger budget so they're focusing on budgets but it's f- primarily ems centric it's free which is the greatest thing they're gonna have some food there for some uh, lunch and uh, breakfast and it's at uh, Monaca, pennsylvania monaca see we even we even said we tried to pronounce it right monaca Pennsylvania, april 15th of 2020 uh 10 a.m to 3 p.m so uh, check it out uh, you can look at uh, pocket nurses uh headquarters we'll throw uh the graphic up of the uh, tentative schedule and uh, let's check it out
1: i mean well i think we should just play the interview let that kind of speak for itself and then we'll be back at this probably in another week or so
0: all right sounds good look forward to hearing from you with me Philip Wortham. I consider him the superhero of the SimTech community and and why will be very ele- element when uh, we talk. So first off, say hi and uh, tell me where you're at right now and what you're doing right now. Well, it's good to be here.
1: So I am currently the Director of Operations and Technology at the Center for Advanced Medical Learning and Simulation, or AKA CAMELS. Uh, It's a 90,000-square-foot simulation center in Tampa, Florida, and was really the largest sim center in the country when it was built seven years ago. That's currently where I'm at.
0: And then let's go way back and talk to me about, first off, who you are and how did you get here? Because it's always interesting to see, like, how you got here, where did you get into, you know, sim. So where did you get your start? Yeah,
1: that's a very good question. So I was actually working at a uh, video production house. My my background is motion graphics and video editing. I did that for 10 years in Denver, Colorado, and I was ready to have my first child uh, with my wife, and I had
0: zero insurance. So how old, old is your that child now? Uh, 11. So we're talking only 11 years ago. 11 years ago. Nice. That's yeah. been quick. Yeah, very quick.
1: So uh, ready to have that first child. And I had zero insurance. So in the film industry, uh, I was Ah. working as a, uh, a freelance editor and floating around town and, uh, and was making ends meet, but knew I really needed healthcare insurance. So
0: how'd you hear about simulation?
1: Well, it was very interesting. So I actually applied for a job where I was managing, uh, I was managing the AV techs within the hospital and, uh, directing setup and teardown of all that AV equipment. And it was through work with the local paramedics who uh, was owned by that hospital uh, that I learned about simulation. They had a a SimMan classic. They had no idea how (laughs) to run that. (laughs) Right. And so I came in and uh, because I'm interested in technology, Mm -hmm. uh, really figured it
0: out. Nice, so uh, so you've got no clinical background, none of that. Still don't.
1: I, I still have no clinical background. It's it's kind of a badge of honor, honestly. Well,
0: <laughs> other than osmosis, because you know it, whether you want to or not, I'm sure you've learned a whole lot. Yeah. So, so
1: I have worked in the healthcare industry for for over ten years now, and I have run a lot of simulations, and I have been a part of a lot of uh, things within healthcare. And yes, osmosis has mm-hmm. uh, has occurred.
0: Yes. So, okay. So this was, you were in Denver, you said. So what hospital system and what was that?
1: So I started off my healthcare career at Denver Health Medical Center, and it's a, um, it serves the underprivileged, it's Mm. the general hospital of the area. I worked there for about three years and then uh, moved to Children's Hospital Colorado, who had a, uh, they were building a SIM program at the time. Oh, and nice. so I went in for an interview as a sim tech. Uh, they hired me right away. That there were specific reasons why they hired me, which I can expound on. Mm-hmm. Um, one one of those reasons was I was non-clinical.
0: Oh, really? They were looking for non-clinical.
1: Yeah. So Interesting. the the medical director at the time, uh, Kathleen Venturi, felt that having somebody that is outside of the clinical field would be able to uh, move cameras around and <laughs> and help with the technology side so she felt there was there was too many uh, chefs in the kitchen already right nice. we have clinical folks that can handle all of this I need somebody to work on the on the tech side and and make it what it is
0: and that's contrary to what I hear a lot I mean and, and it's funny because my former boss said that too he's like well that can be taught we like you to have it but really we need to have the other skills so that's interesting that she had that you know mindset from that get-go that's cool
1: absolutely so I you know I believe it uh, anything can be taught. Right. So somebody yes. can learn clinical skills. We, we we're not born with this knowledge mm-hmm. uh, and vice versa. Somebody can learn the IT side. It's easier if you if you start with the, the heavier skills first. Mm-hmm. So if you need technology skills, hire somebody that has those, those yeah. skills. Right. Nice.
0: So how did you get into your next venture?
1: I, I worked with Children's Hospital Colorado for three years. Um, they had no simulation space when I got there. So I, I designed their current sim space, uh, which is, of course, in the basement of the hospital. Of course. And, um, and heavily utilized. <laughs>
0: yep. uh, and they're still using
1: it. And they're still using it, yep, nice. all these years later. And we had a group from Intermountain Healthcare come and tour that space and uh, meet with myself and Dr. Ventry. And out of that meeting, uh, the medical director for Intermountain Healthcare Simulation said, we need a fill. We need a fill on our team. <laughs> so I laughed about it. And then I said, um, on, the, on the back end, I said, really, I, I'm interested if you really need somebody like me, reach out. Because I am me. Because I am me. <laughs> and I did not hear back from them for a few months, but I, yeah. I ended up getting an email saying, we, we're recruiting for a SimTech. We want a SimTech. Uh, to join us at Primary Children's Hospital in Salt Lake City.
0: Nice. And what year was that? Do you know? Ooh. Roughly. I'm too old to remember. Okay. Yeah. yeah the years. <laughs> me, but, so I'm thinking that's about, what, six, eight years ago?
1: Uh, they, about six, six to eight years ago. Absolutely. Nice. And so you made that jump. I made the jump, and it, it was a big jump because I had never lived in uh, in Utah
0: or, or Salt oh, Lake nice. City. That's right. So you were going from Denver to Utah, Absolutely. Salt Lake City. Nice. Yep. So how, I, how long of a drive is that? Just curious how long of a move. Yeah, it's a it's about a nine-hour drive. Oh, yeah, that's life-changing. Yeah, that's a huge—like, that's fish out of water because you don't have a support system, and that that is a heck of a jump Ab- Absolutely, without a parachute. Okay. Absolutely.
1: It was a leap of faith, too. It was a leap of faith. I was still pretty new into my simulation career, uh, but I knew enough to be dangerous. So I took my knowledge, and I said, okay, we're going to move to Salt Lake City. I, I think this SimTech thing could be a career for me and and i really start started to like healthcare right so i came from the film industry which i really love i yeah. still love it and i fell into healthcare quite by accident
0: which is how others do as well everybody that I know I mean a lot the high majority
1: yeah so I fell into it and I uh, I decided I love it I think I'm gonna stay on this track I don't nice. I have no idea where life's gonna take me <laughs> at this point but I'm gonna do it
0: it's like I've got blinders on but my w- eyes are wide open Yes. you know like like I, I don't know what this crazy ride is but Boy, I'm enjoying it.
1: Exactly. That's
0: awesome. So I actually went to Primary
1: Children's uh, and I worked there in their sim lab that they had, and very small two patient room center. Uh, the only sim tech in the entire uh, Intermountain uh, network of hospitals, which is 24 hospitals, okay. yep. and ran sim. And I only lasted there six months. <laughs> OK. Yeah.
0: What do you mean by that? Because that can mean a lot of different things. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So I, I lasted there six months and I, I got a call from an individual, a nurse, who was just hired as the Intermountain Healthcare Simulation Director. Okay. At this point, there's no simulation program. So they hired a director before anything. They hired a director to oversee simulation in the entire organization and i was a sim tech in a standalone sim center not we were not talking right yeah so i i met this lady and uh who her name is nancy bard again okay and she said i think you're pretty amazing
0: oh that feels good
1: yeah and she said i want you to be a manager with me so yeah. I'm going to move you from SimTech, and I want to hire you as the Intermountain Healthcare Simulation Technology Manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, I decided to, to take that and, and run with it, right? It was something that was, was a good opportunity for me to move up. I didn't know the system very well. I had just been there for six months, yeah. but it was one of those leap of faith. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So which we all have to take. Absolutely. So I'd been a sim tech for several years, right? Mm-hmm. And I love it. And I love yeah. doing moulage and being creative and, and working with all the technology. And,
0: I always say, we have the cool kids'
1: job. And 100%. We, really
0: we have the cool kids'
1: 100%. job. 100%. Uh, and uh, I, I took all that knowledge and I said, I'm going to be a manager. I have, n- I have nothing to manage at the moment, yep. right? I have a lot of mannequins in places and I have a si- one sim center. No idea what I'm doing at yeah. all. Zero. Yeah. And I, I took my common sense knowledge and the skills that I learned through simulation yep. and my clinical knowledge. That uh, you at, gain vo- that yeah, gained the osmosis. Absolutely. And, uh, and ran with it.
0: So let me ask you, what was your primary client when you started? Who, who was it and how did you capitalize on that? Like where, what, where was the opportunity?
1: So most of our opportunity came from uh, the nursing group in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that is still the case right so it's very nurse, nursing heavy so what's what's interesting is pediatrics is, was the heavy focus okay. um so primary children's had a has a sim program okay. and they were running every nurse through simulation two times a year oh, nice. so that's that's really the main focus at this point okay. uh and then we have uh neonatal resuscitation program yep. happening uh, or NRP, mm-hmm. and then we have mock codes. Nice. So that's basically where we're start what we're starting with. We were asked to grow this program across 24 hospitals and we both looked at each other and said, we have no idea how we're going to do this because we're asked to do this. We have not much funding mm-hmm. and no resources, yep. no FTEs. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, FTE, explain that for, for the viewers that may not understand that.
1: Yeah, so, FTE is full, uh, full-time full employees. So basically, it's you, your
0: director, and that's it. And that's it. And that's right. it. You are the two FTEs. Yep. For 12 hospitals.
1: Uh, 24 hospitals. Oh, yeah, 24, sorry. Yeah, yeah. 24
0: hospitals. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, Absolutely. and I know a lot of the people out there listening are the only person out there, and believe me, I feel for you. So because because I'm a very gutsy person, and I I no. was, yeah,
1: I will say things, and then I'll regret those things later. But <laughs> uh, we were in a meeting once, and and we uh, Nancy Bardigan and myself, we were told that we are the sim team right so we're not going to grow the sim program more than you you've got 24 hospitals you have some mannequins and some resources ready go well, that's all you need right yeah that's, yeah you're good you're the sim team you've got this absolutely so my job was i i'm a i'm a sim tech manager uh, i have no no employees under me and i'm you supposed to yeah i'm supposed to manage myself and i'm supposed to travel the state of utah to run sim
0: 24 different sites
1: 24 sites. Yeah. Mm, so hurts. and I, I believe at the time there was uh, 37,000 employees in the organization. So it's Jeez. it's a massive organization. And we were in this meeting and I literally laughed. and I said, that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. So I told my uh, executive director that we're over the two of us. I'm not running simulation by myself running around to all these hospitals. I refuse to do that. Um, well, it's
0: almost like when people say things like that, like, did you listen to yourself? Did you actually think through what you just asked?
1: Exactly. Uh, it, it made no logical sense. And luckily I had the support of, uh, of my director, my sim director, Nancy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we went in uh, linking arms and said, you know, we're, we're going to do this, but there's some ground rules we're going to set yeah. or it's not going to work. Yeah. And luckily we, we were. So just
0: burn out and be gone.
1: Yeah, burn out and, and we're done. And then we've solved no problem in the institution. So luckily we were innovative enough and crazy enough to, to put our foot down and say, this is not how we foresee it. Give us some time and we'll map out what we foresee in the future. Nice. So we built a one, one, three and five year strategic plan of awesome. this is what we want to see. Yeah. Uh, and it was a big ask, right? Yeah. So within Intermountain, they had uh, previously decided they were going to purchase over a million dollars of mannequins. And, wow. and provide a family of mannequins for every hospital. And I took that and I said, I, I don't want to spend that money on mannequins because mm-hmm. what will happen is they'll end up in a closet on a mm-hmm. unit somewhere. And,
0: and the companies will laugh their way to the bank.
1: Yep. the co- And the companies will laugh. There's no upkeep to them. No. Um, Uh, it's the same problem that I think a lot of sim programs have right we
0: purchase all these things and then what do I do with them I was just talking about that the other day It's, it's so easy to get equipment we can get a grant for equipment you can't get a grant for people, and they're what you need. You know, the syntax, the people that I hope are listening to this. Yeah. You know, and the staff that runs them and manage them and the people that actually then report that data. I mean, the class I was taking just now, we are at, for those that do not know, we are at IMSH 2020 in um, San Diego, and I just went through his class where, you know, providing a business model, providing, you know, data, and it, that's the recurring theme I hear. But, okay, you were saying, sorry. So
1: we we took this and I said, okay, well, I don't want to buy mannequins with this. It, it makes zero sense to me to make that happen. However, I do want to take this money and I want to build a simulation center, mm-hmm. which could service all of Intermountain if we if we really needed to. So we sh- we shrunk the mannequin ask and mm-hmm. we put the money towards building a sim center, and uh, docked it with mannequins. Yeah. And that was our that was our first real go at it. Mm-hmm. Was okay. We've got a space now that we can land, and we have uh, which was in a hospital, mm-hmm. and now we have mannequins to go there. So that was step one. Step two was finding the the uh, employees to Good. service that.
0: And how many employees did they hire to start?
1: Uh, to start, I believe we hired two sim techs. So I I I'm partial to this, but I really believe. To, to start a business or, or to start a sim program you should start with a sim tech or your operations guy mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of logistics that have to be put into place and uh, uh, they need to know the technology and and the software and whatnot before you're going to hit the ground running
0: because then you're if not you're going to be tasked with that and you can't do your job
1: yes so my my goal in all of this is to step back and have a global perspective Good. right so i i can't get into the weeds i i i don't have the capacity to run every simulation and so i really need a sim tech to be here or two sim, sim techs to be there to run it and i'll i'm going to oversee it
0: so you were finally a manager
1: yes fin- finally a manager able to manage um yeah. Yeah. Able, to that's, manage.
0: yeah. able to do your job. So that's great. So then you started um, doing improvement on you and the system and things like this. So let's talk about the growth of where you were before you left Mountain. So how far and how long of a time did it take to go from the initial, you know, you finally were building a sim center to what did you have at the end product?
1: Yeah, so when we started, uh, it was myself and my director, mm-hmm. right? And we had, a, we had a half of a medical director.
0: Mm-hmm. Meaning he had other duties and other things, could not be fully working. tasked. So yep. it was, you know, as he could.
1: Yep, working in the hospital. Uh, we grew th- from that one sim center and two staff to a staff of 21 and six simulation centers acro- across the system. So what we ended up doing is – and it it wasn't just we snapped our fingers and it was magic and ta-da. It was a lot of work. Really how we we grew the program so rapidly was Mm -hmm. marketing. Yes. That's what we did.
0: And I will be perfectly honest. That's how I met you. I had uh, been kind of diverse to social media, and people that you know are listening to this are going to laugh because they're going to say, "Oh, David's everywhere, and he doesn't shut up." But <laughs> um, it's important, and that is actually how I met you, and mm. how I start, first noticed who you were, and got the attention, and said, "There's something there." And I mean, you know, I don't live in Utah; it's not you know necessarily directly applicable. But it is because it's our industry and, you know, well, we'll talk more about, you know, you later in a minute. But so um, you said six sim-, sim centers all over Utah. So you don't need to build 24. No you don't need to have a sim center in every hospital because that's just replication of, of insanity.
1: Yeah, so we, we knew that we had regions and that certain hospitals could travel twenty minutes down the road to a sim center. Oh yeah. So we, we purposefully did not put sim centers in every hospital and we didn't have the staff to run that. Yeah. Right. The so staff
0: the equipment, that's just a monster.
1: Yeah, so absolutely. We ended up marketing ourselves by collecting good stories for, from those who went through simulation. So good, good, it, good. it was pretty interesting where we always get the emails of, you know, hey, I just went through the simulation. You know, maybe it was a postpartum hemorrhage. Mm-hmm. And the very next day, I had that exact same yes. case come through.
0: Oh, my God. I love that. And yes. because
1: of sim, I was able to to manage that. And there was a good patient outcome.
0: Yep. Right? And that's the thing is that it, the validation when you hear that is key, but then using that as an opportunity to springboard. Like I've never thought of that. All I do is I bask in that glow a little bit and I go on. So that is huge is to gather that data like we're talking about collecting data and, and going on with us. So that's great.
1: Yeah, it took not much effort on our side. So what we did is we built a, a marketing template. It was a one page Word document.
0: And did you do that?
1: I did that. Okay, this is this is where my video production and motion uh, graphic skills come into play. There right there we go. So using
0: your strengths.
1: Yeah, using my strengths, and this is why I would say to to Simtex or, yep. or operations specialists around the world, we come from different places. Yes. And your skills are useful. Use your skills, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And, um, and don't mute any of them. Absolutely. And don't feel bad for the ones you don't have. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, hopefully, your leadership will do that. I mean, I know I've got a weird past, but I, that was one of my things. Was it doesn't matter what the person's supposed to do. Can you leverage the strengths of that person to make us all better? So, yep, that's cool.
1: Yeah. So we gathered these stories that were being emailed to us. We would plug them into this template, and we would send them to administration, including the CEO of the organization. Nice. Right. So, uh, the CEO. Yeah. A lot of times the CEO is untouchable, right? Yeah, but yeah. I can I can send this good story, it goes up the chain and wow, simulation is doing amazing things. There's two of us. Yep. Right? So we were able Winding to spread the, the yeah. That's spread great. the word really quickly and grow the program just by simple marketing. Yeah. That's all it was.
0: And that's the thing is that, you know, I think some, you know, Sim Centers struggle with how to get things, how to get equipment. A lot of it is the gathering the data which starts at the SIMTech level. Or, or, you know, even being you know, interested in trying to grow, you know, especially if you're the only sims tech at a site or you're struggling with getting people on board, you really have to come to something like a conference, meet with these people, and learn the tools of saying, okay, I can document that we have an opportunity that is not being met and, or we have, you know, we're missing here because we don't have this these are the dollars we can save and, and learning terms like ROI you know return on investment and all that so that that's that's awesome so you, you use that to gain mindshare that instead of yeah sim is this thing no sim is the thing
1: yeah i think it's important to be a little bit of a disruptor as a simulationist and be an innovator and pu- and push back appropriately right yeah. so you um, you don't want to be crazy but you you need to know that i need to take a step back Mm-hmm. And I need to assess how things are running or not running, yeah. and and then push back when you need to, right?
0: Yeah, and, and and looking up from the mannequin and saying, okay, what do we need to grow? What do we as a team? And and hopefully you have a team of good people.
1: Yeah, so. it's easy in simulation to get stuck in the status quo Correct. of things. It's what it, we've always right. done. We run two or three sim sessions every day. This is yeah. what I do as a sim tech. I set up, I. I run the mannequin. I clean up. You know, it's easy to get into the mundane. But if you're a little bit of a disruptor and you work just a, le- a little extra hard yep. on uh, on pushing the boundaries, then yep. you can make things happen.
0: Which is what we do for Sim. Yep. I mean, Sim. It, the whole reason we do Sim is to push your envelope of comfort. Yep. You know, push somebody right past that, make them learn. So Absolutely. We, we can do the same the same thing and sometimes it's hard to see that okay so we've got um, when you're towards the end of your Intermountain career um, what was your thing that you were most proud of what uh, if you think of just the Intermountain Health career what is the one thing that either you or the team accomplished or, or a sim or what was the the thing that you could look back and say man that was cool
1: I th- I think there's several things uh, that I'm proud of. Um, you know, you build a, a sim program with a team uh, up from nothing to to something pretty substan- substantial. It's it's always a good feeling, and it's it's amazing. And we're we're pushing the boundaries and and doing so many things that were never done before. But one of the the coolest things that I've ever been a part of that I'm I'm most proud of from Intermountain Healthcare is. I was a lone Simtech in a small sim center at Primary Children's Hospital and I was able to pioneer and push forward enough to where now there's are seven Simtechs in the sim world there at Intermountain Healthcare and many of them come from various backgrounds right mm-hmm. so they're uh, they're floor techs and they're video guys or they're musicians oh, nice. uh, you know all, all, from all walks of life and I have been able to, uh, to mentor and bring them up into this industry that has given them new life and uh, e- even new work and, and new motivation. So I'm most proud of being able to grow the SimTech world and uh, pass my knowledge off as limited as, as yeah. it is to, to others and kind of pioneer what, what sim technology is.
0: Have you ever had uh, an opportunity where you have brought somebody into Sim that didn't know what they were getting themselves into?
1: Hundred percent of the
0: time. <laughs> okay, so we've gotten through Intermountain Health, yep. and um, and when you left, so you started Intermountain as a Sim Tech. Yes. And then when you left, what was your official title?
1: Uh, my official title when I left was uh, Business Director of Operations and Technology. And what does
0: that really mean? <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody <laughs> no. knows. But what did you? What was your no, basic job?
1: Really, my my basic job was to o- help oversee uh, Intermountain Healthcare Simulation Consortium. Uh, it's it's uh, staff of twenty one six sim centers across the state of Utah, and um, and guide and direct technology, build the business side of things. And really innovate. So nice. my, my whole side is non-clinical, right? It was still non-clinical. Yeah. I didn't build curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my role was... So not, not educational? Not educational. curriculum.
0: Not curriculum. Business and expansion and innovation in, the, in those markets.
1: Absolutely. So my job was to make it work, uh, build uh, strategic plans, uh-huh. innovate, and keep uh, pushing the boundaries. That was, that was my job.
0: And I want to dial back real quick. So when you started in this industry, what was your level of education?
1: When I first started, I did have a bachelor's degree in video production and motion, motion graphics. Okay. Um, so non-healthcare, non-clinical. Yep. Um, and Sorry, what was it?
0: No, I so said, yeah, and, yeah. And, but you had one. Okay. I, yeah, yeah, I had a degree, absolutely. Good, good. Wow. And that probably helped. It absolutely does help. Okay, so that was Intermountain, and then what happened that changed? How did you get to Florida, and Uh, what is that? So explain that. That this
1: is a journey. This is the grand adventure, is what I'm calling it. Um, So I love. I still love Intermountain Healthcare. Uh, I there was no real specific reason for me leaving. Minus, I I had built this program, this big thing, Mm -hmm. right, with the support of several people and uh it was uh moving more towards okay we've got this program it's pretty established we're accredited we've got these employees now it's maintaining what we have mm-hmm. and i am a very creative innovative person and i like to push the boundaries and i needed to find a place where i could do that yeah so i was at imsh last january uh 2019 and i was approached by dr akuda Okay. Uh, who is one of the pioneering experts within healthcare simulation Haru, Haru Akuda okay and he pulled me aside I've known him for years okay pulled me aside at the conference and said hey I've got a I've got a director level job that I think you'd be interested in you should probably apply for it
0: and what was your response to that
1: I so' I'm, I'm one that I'll take opportunity oh, exactly. uh, w- when it when it pops up because I know it it's not always going to pop pop up
0: but when he first said that was your response like okay sure or was it like a wait what
1: yeah i was kind of taken back because you know some of these uh simulation folks are role models for me right and mentors and so when you have somebody come up to you that's like that and they say i've got a job i think you should apply for it it's humbling because you don't think of yourself as somebody so amazing
0: Uh, correct
1: right yes um and so he he came up and he said, you know, I've got this job, and I I was caught off guard. But I said, yeah, I'll apply for it. I I'm always open. Yeah, I'm a person that I interview and apply for jobs all the time, right? Nice. To keep my skills up. And exactly, it's it's, um, it's fun. It is right. I never take jobs. I'm always somewhere seven or ten years, and yep. then I move on. But. He, uh, I went through the interview process, and they offered me the job, and that was where I went. Oh, I've got a real decision to make, right? I love my job at Intermountain Healthcare. There's no, no issue there. For
0: a while, you were just doing it to play around and get the opportunity and yeah. look at it, explore it, and then when it happened, it's like, oh,
1: yeah, this is this, this is, is for a real. real. Thing? Yep. Yeah, this is for real. Uh, but you know, for a for a SimTech, um, you know, now a director of operations and technology. Uh, opportunities don't come uh, come around very often, mm-hmm. and when you have a, the opportunity to work with somebody at that level or that caliber, like a uh, uh, Haru Akuda or uh, KT Waxman
0: or some of these yeah. big names, yeah, um, I know, take it. Well, and here's the thing: I kind of consider you on that level, especially of the simulation technicians. You're, I consider you a superhero because you've taken it from video production, a SimTech grown, you've grown your education, you end yep. up getting your master's degree yeah uh, and then you know because I've followed you since I started paying attention to you and, and now you're you doing amazing things in a totally different area yeah so okay tell me about your current situation
1: so currently I'm at the Center for Advanced Medical Learning and Simulation which is CAMELS. Yep. Um, a lot of simulationists around the world know of CAMELS because when it was first built it was the world's largest sim center and this is the dream disneyland of sim centers for many simulationists we we all wanted it to succeed because it's so cool and innovative and so i i end up there and i'm the so i'm the director of operations and technology and i love it i Mm -hmm. it's it's amazing and it's somewhere that i i never thought my wildest dreams i would live in tampa florida yeah uh, but because I I'm a kind of a go with the flow guy yep. and uh, I'll take risks I, I've ended up in this location mm-hmm. so currently I, I'm overseeing all of the operations of the building it's a 90,000 square foot building yep. and it's a massive job right yeah. it uh, it oversees uh, security yep. I oversee all of the simulation piece and that includes um, the cadaveric tissue lab oh, yes. Uh that includes mannequin-based simulation. Uh, I had coordinators under me, schedulers. Staff of how many? Uh, there's a staff of about 54 in the building now, and I have wow. just over half of those employees that report to me. So I I ended up with uh, multiple managers and then employees under them that that do the day-to-day operations. Nice. So it's. For me, it's a blessing. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have never thought I would have gone from a simtech to director of operations position overseeing a massive building mm-hmm. and all these employees.
0: Yeah. To where you're at now. To and where I I mean, I'm at now. That's, that's cool. Yeah. So you've been there for how long?
1: So I've been there for uh, just over six months. Okay. Uh, still learning a lot. It's right hot in Florida. It's hot in Utah. Well, I, I say I moved there for the humidity, but that's not
0: true. <laughs>
1: it is hot. Um, it's very different. I love the mountains. So yes. if you know me, I love yes. to to uh, climb mountains and hike and fish take and pictures. Take pictures. Uh, yeah, I'm big on big taking pictures and and video. Uh, but Florida has has no mountains no so i'm getting Large used to time. the beach and hiking on trails that have no incline yep. yeah
0: yeah <laughs> and is weird. dealing
1: with humidity
0: and how's the family like it
1: uh the family loves florida yeah um Good. we're it getting an easy used, sell uh it's kind of an easy sell yeah you can go to the beach 20 minutes down the road and nice. you know
0: cool so that's where you're at now. So we're going to wrap up with just a few questions. Okay. The first question is, is the fun one of simulation pet peeves. So you're not Ooh. doing the sims anymore. Yes. But it, when you were doing that or when you think about sims or when you walk by a sim room and you see it done, what are the things that just lock you up and go? <laughs> yeah. So can you, can you think of any?
1: Yeah, there's a few. So uh-huh. when I walk past a or sim lab, Uh, whatever or a room whatever it might be Uh, cable management drives me nuts or the lack thereof yes so So
0: kind of OCD about that I'm
1: very OCD about cables. so if I see cables even under a desk that are just floating there and not tied up in any way or hidden I I don't like that
0: nice anything else off the top of your head
1: Um, general uh, disorganization so Within simulation, we're all kind of hoarders, mm, right? We, very if, much so. If somebody gives it to us, we're going to keep it because we might need it for a rainy day. You never know. Yeah, you never know. And I fall into that category, right? Yep. I, I save things. I might need this. Yeah. But when it's not in in an organized fashion somewhere on a shelf and mm-hmm. labeled, mm-hmm. it drives me crazy. Does it? Nice. Yeah.
0: Nice. And then finally... Um, so advice to a simulation technician, whether it be um, on growth in personal growth or growth in the industry or just, um, you know, anything that you can think of that uh, you wish you would have known back when you were starting. Yeah, actually, let's go with that. With is there something that you wish, some bit of knowledge or some way you would have thought that um, you wish you would have, you know, that would help maybe somebody starting in the industry?
1: I think the the one thing that I wish I would have really known uh, and embraced is that I have a part on the sim team, right? Yeah. So a lot of times the sim techs will feel like I'm just the help here, exactly. right? I'm just cleaning up, I'm setting up. i I don't really have a voice that i can that I can share, and a crucial one and a crucial one. And I think if if I would have been able to speak to my younger self, I would have said, you do have a voice here and you should interject your opinion at certain times and and drive help drive processing it's not easy to do mm-hmm. but if we learn to speak up you're a valu- valuable member of the team yeah. that without this without simtex or uh, simulation operation specialist uh, the programs fail they yeah. fail
0: exactly okay that's great awesome. Well, I just want to say thank you. I appreciate your time. You are pulled 15 ways of Sunday when you're out here, and you were. I, I can't believe I actually got to align it. Absolutely. I, I didn't know if it was going to work out, or if we get it up. But I just want to say thank you for your time, and thank you for your advice and, and your journey. Thank you for having me.